Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we aim to inspire you, to connect you with like-minded colleagues, to innovate and push you out of your comfort zone, to create robust debate, to encourage lifelong learning, and to empower you to create more impact as a dietitian. Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast. My name is Jane Winter, Dietitian Connection, and I'm an accredited practicing dietitian. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where you're listening. I'm recording from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. And I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So at Dietitian Connection, we really like to profile dietitians who have taken other interesting or perhaps less known paths um, in their careers. And Sharon Curtin and Siobhan Conn are great examples of dietitians who have explored a, a slightly different path to, to many others. Um, they're founders of Accredited Health Coaching Australia. They're both accredited practicing dietitians as well as certifi certified health coaches and trained facilitators. But I think it's probably easiest if I get them to tell their own stories um, and explain how they got to this point. So welcome both of you to the Dietitian Connection podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Thanks so much for having us, Jane. We're excited to be here. So let's start with you, Siobhan. Um, can you give me a, a bit of a potted history of your path to health coaching yeah, sure. Uh, so I actually started off in workplace health for about five years, which was actually a really great start, um, I think, to, you know, being exposed to all different areas of dietetics. Like we, I was travelling out to rural regional countrysides and doing health assessments and health programs and presentations on site. Um, then I was doing, you know, some corporate work in the city and um, I, I didn't actually have any... I had like a little bit of coaching and behaviour change, um, you know, from uni, some some theory and, and whatnot. But really, what I was doing was not very much health coaching. It was still sort of, you know, um, telling, telling. Do, <laughs> providing a lot of information and education. Uh, and then I went off and I did uh, started my private practice. Um, and alongside that, I was doing part time in PR as well. Um, and it was actually during that time when I was doing private practice that um, the frustration had started to build a little bit in workplace health. But then when I got out in private practice, I kind of felt like, uh, you know, there was clients in front of me that I felt like I wasn't helping um, or I felt like I couldn't get through or I just or I felt exhausted too. I felt like I was giving a lot of energy and um, and I it was at that point when I started thinking, you know what, I... I really need to upskill um, and I came across, you know, coaching and MI courses and started doing some short courses and, and doing some reading and then started to integrate that into my practice. Um, and it was probably only a couple of years after that that I got a role as an executive health coach and um, and then it was shortly after that that I started to get approached um by my previous workplace health company and a few other people, could you upskill our staff in health coaching training? You know, you're doing it at the moment. And, and so I started to 
do that and continue to learn as well myself. And um, uh, so I started Discovery Health Coaching back then, which was kind of a blend of training and and private practice. Um, and, yeah, and then from there I um, um, continued sort of that's I kind of continued a lot in that space of having my own business and doing sort of presenting and doing private practice and and training um, and still in that executive health space as well. Um, and then in that period as well, I joined um, Australian Society of Lifestyle Medicine and ended up becoming, um, being on their board and then becoming their vice president as well. So, um, and then I think it was around about, I'm not sure when we met Sharon, I think it was sort of, oh, I, I forgotten a chunk of my career um not a chunk but I've forgotten a job that's quite important which is how I actually met Sharon um I also got a position um uh, as the lead the team leader um at an organization that was running the get healthy program the phone coaching program so I was um looking after a team of health coaches which were all dietitians exercise physiologists and they were nurses and so um, through that position, I, I met some lovely uh, dietitians that were also health coaches as well. And um, I think that's where one of those coaches contacted Sharon when she was looking for someone to help out with the writing of the health coaching diploma at Vic Uni. Um, and then uh, so then from, I don't know whether you should take over from there, Sharon. Or well, I so, so Siobhan, really health coaching came about because you identified a gap in your sort of skills or your effectiveness in yeah. terms of those one-on-one interactions. And so you looked for it yourself really to get there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, it was just such a game changer for my practice. Like it, yeah. it, suddenly I didn't feel so burnt out. Suddenly I felt relaxed. I didn't, I didn't know who, like what client was going to come in the door or do telehealth. Cause I was doing that as well by that stage. Um, but I didn't care anymore. Like I didn't feel nervous about it. I knew that I could match my communication to the state of change. I knew that I could support someone where they're at. I knew that the decision to change was always going to be theirs. There was not the pressure on me and forcing someone to change. I was never going to fail if someone didn't change. Um, so for me, it was just such a rewarding change to my practice and it just opened up other opportunities like the executive health coaching role, the team leader role, um, you know, obviously meeting Sharon, um, being asked to present and train. And it just, it for me, it was such a, a point in my career that is just such a joyful moment in my career when I discovered health coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if we, uh, if we move on to Sharon, and, and I'll have to disclose that Sharon and I have known each other for a very long time, and I'm also a little embarrassed to think back because I was one of Sharon's lecturers when she was a dietetics um, student and I don't want to hear a word, Sharon, of you saying how terribly you were taught about counselling at university because I'm thinking, oh, when you mentioned stages of change, that was a very rudimentary um, approach to stages of change. However, putting that aside and my own insecurities about that, um, Sharon, tell us your path to health coaching. So I started out where a lot of dietitians start, which is in a clinical role. So I I had a few years working um, at the Royal Melbourne Hospital and then overseas working as a a clinical dietitian in a number of roles. And I ended up specialising in diabetes quite quite accidentally. And so I would do diabetes clinics day in, day out. Um, I thought I was pretty fantastic as a dietitian. Um, Yeah, I was taught very well, Jane. (laughs) 
Um, I had lots of great advice to give and I was always enthusiastic and I really wanted to help these people. Um, And so, you know, I would get quite frustrated, honestly, with um, people who would say, yeah, I know this or um, you you would hit, you'd feel yourself hitting the wall with them. Mm. Um, And I, and I got really, really good at, at sort of pressing play and doing my diabetes education and, I'm talking to them about glycemic index and, you know, I always loved education. So I was always educating and I was always writing new education resources because that was, that gave me so much joy because I'm really quite a creative person. Um, And so when I came back from the UK, I got a job in healthcare. So it was more of a sales role and I loved that. Like that was also a completely different set of skills. It was still talking to people, but it was about products. I learned about marketing. Um, I learned that dietitians really don't market themselves and they don't market nutrition. Um, and from there, that led to a job in corporate nutrition with Nestle. So I worked for a couple of years as a corporate nutritionist. Um, and when I left, they replaced me with six people. So needless to say, <laughs> I was a little bit busy. Um, but I learned all about food regs and um, I knew that food standards code inside out, back to front. And, you know, really, really loved that side of it because you're creative, you're working with the, you're doing innovation, you're working with the marketing mm-hmm. teams, you're working with the food um, technologists. So really gave me a, a whole new understanding of, you know, what really goes on in the food industry. And there's a lot of, you know, it's so evil and it's, mm-hmm making people eat the way they eat. And it's really, I don't have that perspective at all. There's a lot of good trying to happen in the food industry. And then had a couple of babies, worked part-time back um, in corporate health, but with, I mean, corporate nutrition, but with different companies. And then decided to sort of go back and try open up, you know, what I, I had the, what am I going to do? What, you know, what am I going to yeah. do? I'm going to go back to being a clinical dietitian and which I couldn't bear the thought of. It didn't really, wasn't really a good fit for me. Um, do I want to be a private practice dietitian? And, and the thought of, I think I was quite scarred from day in, day out clinics. Um, anyway, that, I discovered health coaching and it was like the heavens opened and the angels sang. And um, I thought, this is it. Like, this is what we are missing as dietitians. And so um, I, I started to look around, how can I learn this? How can I study, um, you know, what's around? And, and there's a few American courses. They're not, they're very beautiful and they're very, there's a bit of woo-woo in there, the goddess mm. and um, they're a bit of rah-rah, but there wasn't a lot of, for my liking, there wasn't a lot of evidence-based teaching around health coaching. So but where did no, you come I, across it? Where did you come across health coaching? If you're just looking around thinking, oh, I don't know what I want to do, like health coaching's a fairly niche going, oh, that's what I want to do because it's not like it's out there as no. a career path or, you know, recognised as necessary, particularly when you were starting to look no, at it. 2013, like yeah. it was, you know, I think it was just divine intervention that I came yeah. across. Um, and really there was sort of um, institu- the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which was um, probably one of the first that I heard of. And there, you know, it's very, um, yeah, it, it's not really, well, it's changed now, but it wasn't very health coaching. It was much more nutrition education yes. those days. Um, and maybe not the way dietitians would educate. But, 
you know, so I, I, I already had a bias against that. I was like, that's not very Dutch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't, I really don't know where the first place I found it, but I knew that this was the answer and I started to yeah. research and then I decided to write the diploma of health coaching, um, for Vic Cuny. So I wrote, well, I didn't write it for them. I, I decided to develop a diploma. So you've got to go through this whole process with the government. Um, you've got to involve industry and, and um, talk to a whole lot of people. I had to get all these um, consultations done and write. I got help to write this gigantic document and submitted it and it got approved. So then I had this diploma in health coaching. I had no idea what to do with it. And, um, and it, you know, probably when I was writing it, I knew that I didn't have the skills in the coaching. I had the nutrition, I had yes. the health, um, the health sector skills, but, and that's how I got in touch with Siobhan because I thought, well, you know, you can't teach something you don't know. Um, and so we met and, and we clicked. Um, and then we wrote the art, there's an article, RACGP article about health coaching as a primary care practice, which we, you know, I never thought I'd get published. It was never on my yeah. mind list but we we did we're pretty proud of that yes um yeah and it's quite an achievement but it is quite an achievement (laughs) getting something um published so just when you were setting up that diploma was your intention that it was for anyone who was working in health like who did you imagine the students would be that would take that up i targeted it at the the general person you know the the accountant the yoga instructor the the whoever that um, wanted to take on this new profession of health coaching and, and it looked at right. the health system and it, and it looked at nutrition as a basic foundation and it looked at conducting assessments and and deep dived into health, um, different health conditions. So there was really and no I, prior knowledge required. No prior knowledge. To into that. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's because it was a diploma, whereas if it was a certificate, you tend to build on knowledge. Yeah. Um, but the, the idea was always that you would give um, recognition of prior learning yeah. or RPI for anyone who came in with the health because really they only needed the coaching component. Um, and so both Siobhan and I had to get our vocational education and training qualifications. Yes. So it was a full-on, um, you know, about a set, how to write assessments and how to um, structure your, your training according according to adult learning principles. And, yeah. you know, I was in heaven because I love education. I love, love structuring things. Um, and so we've taken all of that learning from writing the diploma into writing our courses now. And really, we really do target health professionals more in our in our courses because what I found was if you've already got health knowledge, teaching the coaching is, it's much easier. You yeah. haven't got health stuff that's a barrier in the way. Yeah, you're trying to learn as well. So can you just then define what health coaching is? Like how does it differ from, you know, a dietitian, as you said, when you were, you know, early days thinking that you were sort of coaching because you were counselling someone or probably not even counselling them, probably just giving them information. But how would you define what health coaching actually is? Health coaching is, it's so many different um sort of theories and and strategies of behaviour change all kind of mushed into one. So what we say that health coaches are behaviour change specialists. So we really help people to change their behaviour in a client-centred way. And I think, you know, we know that, that there's the expert approach or the traditional approach to healthcare, which is, you know, we're the expert, we tell you what to do. 
Um, and I know that I, I definitely did have that model. You know, I would someone would come in, I would ask them questions, I would assess where they were at, um, I would make a decision about what they needed to work on, and then I would tell them what they needed to do. And I felt like I was very collaborative, very, very collaborative. What do you eat, and how do you do this? And um, but do real- you agree? <laughs> do you agree? <laughs> Uh, so it was quite a shock to me when I started, I studied health coaching and I realized that everything I was doing was not coaching, uh, and was not as collaborative as I believed. Um, uh, and I really, you know, when you're coaching, you don't see the overwhelm that you see when you're using the expert approach, you know, throwing all that information, you know, spaghetti at the wall. I'm just going to throw everything at you and hope that something is going to stick. Cause I might not see you again, um, yeah, so it's very the expert approach is very you know passive for the for the client, and we hate the word patient. I think if you've got a broken arm and you're in hospital, you're a patient, and if you are a um, you know someone talking to another practitioner about behaviour change, you are a client. You you're on an equal footing. You know, one's an expert. Siobhan always says this: one one's the expert in nutrition, and one's the expert in their own life, and you've got two experts coming together. So. Um, Siobhan, what, what would you add about health coaching? Yeah, I, I love what you're saying there about that patient and the client thing because if you're calling someone a patient, I think that is means that they are going to be passive in their health care. They're always going to be passive. So obviously someone that's in emergency that goes in, they're unconscious, they've been in an accident or something like that, they're going to be passive in their health care. But anyone that is in an active role is a client and that's the thing about health coaching too. As you say, we respect them that we're two experts coming together um, and that it's all about supporting someone to build those self-management skills. Um, it's about respecting someone's autonomy. It's that as a health coach, you are or you 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 always sort of belief you have belief in the client and you uh, are supporting them to um, achieve the optimal best version of themselves. Um, so it's your role there to support them to find their own resources to come up with their own insights. Um, it's it, ultimately it's their journey. It's the destination that they want to head is theirs, as opposed to us saying, um, we think this is the best destination for you and this is the best journey for you to get there. And that's, I think, a really good way of describing it as opposed to us going, you know, to our clients, like, where would you like to head? What does that look like for you? Um, what does that feel like? You know, what is that content version of yourself? You know, um, what what will you feel like? What can you do? And then what are the what are the ways you've already thought of or what could be possible for you to achieve that? And so the client is in control, but we're always sort of guiding and we're, you know, asking questions, we're reflecting, we're using our, you know, really fantastic communication skills to make sure that the client um, uh, is very, they, they understand uh, very clearly themselves where they're headed, how they're going to get there, and they feel really supported and they feel really positive. Yes. I think that's that's the thing about coaching the energy shift. I love that because before I, I I was a health coach, the energy sometimes was quite down, and then even you know, and I was sort of struggling, going, I re- really want someone to feel positive, and I want someone to change, but I'm not actually quite sure how to do it. With coaching, it's really 
we, we're experts in being able to support that energy shift and support someone to feel optimistic and light and confident um, that they've got the right plan and they're supported with the right person. And then even if things don't go according to plan, we support someone with mindset so that they know that that's okay, you know, it's all about trial and correction um, and we'll just, you know, brainstorm, you know, what got in the way and what could possibly help you to overcome that barrier. Because potentially you're asking them to make massive changes, aren't you? Even though they, you know, it, there might be small changes from the practitioner's point of view, they're massive changes. And I remember hearing a, a girl with type 1 diabetes uh, interviewed saying, I do not want to hear another nurse, dietitian, doctor, anyone say, you just need to do some more exercise or you just need to do this. Like it's day in, day out for me. It's it's not just do this. It's, this is a constant rest of my life yeah. change that I need to make. And you can't just say that to me and let me walk out the door. That's just not helpful at all. Oh, absolutely. Um, this is where we say, what would you like? What, yes. what, what's going on for you right now? What do you need? You know, what do you, it, people that come in that have been told all this, they come in and go, I know I should do this. My doctor said this, my baba said this, you know, and they say about the shoulds and, and I always say, okay, but what do you want? <laughs> you yeah, know? well, I was just thinking when, when Sharon said about the expert giving all this information because you think I'm only going to see them once, that's probably why you're only going to see them once because you're just yeah, giving them all this information and I never want to come back again. Absolutely. Um, I feel overwhelmed. I feel yeah. I feel told what to do instead of I, someone that is actually really gentle and is saying, you know, like I'm meeting you on your page and I'm going to go at the pace that you're comfortable yeah. with. And, and, um, and it's also health coaching is actually quite lighthearted and fun, not always because mm. obviously serious topics that come up but I think I love that about coaching that there's ability to be playful and have a laugh and a lot of clients you know at the end say to me oh I had fun you know, yeah. or, you know like I'm looking forward to next session well where can I book in yeah, and that's yeah. Fun, right? yeah exactly exactly and most likely will remember the fun moments more than yeah. they'll remember anything else from the wonderful diet sheets you put together Sharon I'm sure they appreciate it um, but we hear the term and you mentioned it MI I assume you mean motivational interviewing before Siobhan you mentioned that but that term is I guess bandied around quite a lot now is that separate to health coaching is it a part of health coaching how do those two areas intersect if at all it's a part of health coaching so as Sharon was saying before, um, health coaching is like it's almost like an umbrella and there's a lot of um, behaviour change theories and models, um, uh, you know, positive psychology, um, motivational interviewing is that collaborative, you know, um, uh, communication style for change. Um, you know, there's uh, CBT, ACT, there's like lots of different, um, uh, say, disciplines, theories and models basically that fit under health coaching. And so I think that's the thing. MI was something that I did as um, uh, like a separate skill set but an important skill set of health coaching because motivational interviewing really helps when someone's really stuck and they're in that sort of, you know, uh, particularly when they're in that on that seesaw, that ambivalent kind of client, you're using a lot of MI skills that has a really similar spirit with health coaching. Um, so health coaching definitely borrows, you know, a lot from motivational interviewing, but it's it's kind of like under the umbrella. Sharon, you know, what would you like to add to that? I think that MI, like it's a real foundation of health coaching and particularly because of those, the oars, you know, the open-ended questions, the reflections, the summaries, the affirmations. 
their core skills that are important for communication, I mean, they're, they're core counselling skills as well. Um, I'm sure you taught them beautifully, Jane. <laughs> I'm sure I do. <laughs> so we use those skills a lot. And like Javon said, we we use the, um, you know, evoking reasons for change and managing change talk, which are those sort of motivational interviewing terms. And, and I know a lot of dietitians do MI, which is fantastic. And if you do a lot of MI, like to become a, a, a mint trainer, for example, you would you would be doing a lot of the things that Siobhan and I do as health coaches because you probably, you know, get that skill set to quite an expertise level in terms of understanding people and getting them to change their behaviour. Um, we do add, you know, it's one component, but then we we layer on top of that a different a different skill in the different tool in the toolbox depending on what that client needs. So, you know, evoking that hope and that motivation for change you know we might we might use a bit of positive psychology we might use some of the act principles so it's um they can be quite similar like there's a lot of overlap but they're also i think for the level that most dietitians do mi they're very different Mm. so mi is um if you're if you use that a lot then that's a good stepping stone to being a health coach but it doesn't make you um an expert in coaching it's it's just one of the tools that you might be equipped with yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely I I think the positive psychology and appreciative inquiry just really learning that as well that that was key for me too in terms of that energy and that um creating hope and building confidence and just I think that like yeah as you say MI is really important but just the fact that there's some other really key um disciplines and models and theories that need to be added into I think take health coaching to that real sort of mastery level so just a, a, an aside question, I guess, if you're seeing a client, like a one-on-one sort of interaction um, for the first time, how long do you actually dedicate to a first-off appointment? Because I imagine this is not a speedy process, um, effective health coaching. It depends, Jane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the- the thing is, I mean, I, I've got options where they're an hour and a half or an hour for initial consult, but then sometimes I've worked as contractors in, you know, as an executive health coach where it has to be 45 minutes or 30 minutes. We also, you know, we work with students and um, that are GPs or in other practices where they have to be 15 or 20 mm-hmm. minutes. So the the thing with this is that you can adapt it depending on the time frame. Right. Um, and it really is around um, expectation management with the client that you have in front of you and it's around um, uh, using the right communication skills to be able to write, ask the the most powerful what we call open-ended questions and powerful reflections to um, elicit, to, to firstly, um, I guess, bond with your client but then um, uh, elicit change in a, in a small amount of time. Um, I don't know how to answer this more um, no, that's that's interesting that it, it can be adaptable because I guess that leads into yeah. my next thought. And you just you mentioned the fact that there's a whole range of professions and settings that are using yeah. health coaching, which makes me think. So, if you're a dietitian in a primary care practice or GP practice, or you're a dietitian in a hospital, maybe not doing enteral feeds for unconscious patients, probably not. But, you know, a lot of dietitians are working in the diabetes unit or, you know, some of those coronary care or something. There are, in all of those settings, is there a way that health coaching can be incorporated? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it is, it's health coaching. Uh, you don't take a health coach hat off and then you're a dietitian. You are always, you always have a coaching approach. Um, you will always, um, in your language, you will always treat a client with, with respect and that you are on the same um, level as them and be collaborative. Um, the way you, uh, as I said, it, it's different skills and techniques. So I guess it kind of, you know, if you've got 20 minutes, you say, okay, right, well, what you say to the client, what we've got 20 minutes together. Where are you at at the moment? What would, how would you like to use the 20 minutes? I, I'm a, I'm a dietitian and I've got expertise in nutrition and supporting you to, um, you know, improve your food in relation to whatever. Um, and I'm also a coach, which means I can help you with motivation. I can help you with the implementation of these ideas and any hurdles or, or barriers that might come up. Um, so what's going on for you at the moment and what's, what's really important right now, or where, where would you like to be say outside of hospital or where would you, you know, we always look at where they want to go. What is, what is, what's your end goal? Like, and for some people it's hard to know, look, you know what, I just want to get out of hospital or I just want to do this, but other people are like, you know what, I want to get back to how I felt 10 years ago when I was really feared and energetic. And, but that's, that's a, a really important question that you're asking because that's a big motivation question. And that's where we can keep hooking back to that as well. So, so where you want to be is you want to be out of hospital or where you want to be is you want to be energetic and you want to, you want to be a good role model for your kids or you want to be able to doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what I want to be. And what are the things that could help you get there? What feels possible to get started with? And, you know, you know, so you, so you pull that out of the client yeah. and then, you know, depending on the time. Okay. We're, so we've, we've chatted about that. We've got about five minutes left or 10 minutes left. What feels like the easiest step that would help you to, you know, achieve that energetic self that you could get started with before I check in with you next week, if you are checking in or yep. you get started with keeping in mind where you want to head and what tools or resources could help you to continue to get there. You can see what I mean here. You can adapt this out to yes. an hour, hour and a half and cover more things off you can get a lot done still in 15, 20 minutes and have someone feeling motivated, feeling like they've, you know, got something to work on. And when I say work on too, it depends on stages of change. That might not be something like, oh, I'm going to pack my lunchbox. It might be something like, you know what, I'm just going to consider how yes. health affects me and my family. Okay, fantastic. So that's what you'd like to to think about. And that's fine. That's where they're at in terms of their stages of change. And And sometimes those clients, you might not see them again, but they might have, you know, changed, or you might see them a little bit down the track and they say, you know, look, I really thought about that and actually just started making some changes or I sought out some help or, or whatnot. But Yeah. And I, not, I, um, I imagine that a lot of clients are well aware of what a primary barrier is to them, like they might want to do something but they travel a lot for work or something like that. So they're like, oh, my God, I just can't get over this barrier to doing whatever I need to do. So I imagine sometimes they're very clear on where they want some assistance with. Yeah, and that's where you just ask, like, yeah, so yeah. it would, would it be helpful if we just chat around that barrier and mm -hmm. we use these five minutes, we'll use the next five minutes to talk about that barrier. Um, are there any other barriers? You know, you always we always pull out, as Sharon said, we don't jump on the first thing that someone yeah. Comes up with because there might be another important barrier in there as well. You sort of say, what else? What else? What else? You lay it all out and then say, okay, so what I've heard is there's this barrier, this barrier, this barrier, this barrier. Which one feels like it's you'd like to chat about now or focus on first? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's really interesting and puts it sort of into context. So I guess the next obvious question is dietitians particularly, but anyone, I guess, um, how do they upskill in health coaching if they listen to this and go, I'm really feeling that, I'm feeling that I want to actually improve my interactions, develop my skills here, where do they start? Or if they're a new graduate too, it's it feels like a long way between new graduate and getting to that sort of level of comfort uh, in those interactions. Where do they start? Sharon, so- Yeah, sure. Uh, The health coaching is a specific set of skills. So if, you know, there's, we see a lot of people calling themselves nutrition coaches and um, in a lot of cases, we're assuming that they haven't really studied coaching. So if, if someone's wanting to gain these skills, then they need, they're needing to do a course that specializes in coaching skills. So MI is a great place to start, but it certainly is not the end point. Um, And, and if you are going to be doing MI, it's a long a long road of, of developing those skills. So there, there are courses out there. Um, what we would recommend is you do a course that allows you to practice and refine your skills, come back, get feedback, learn something new, put that into practice, get to come back. So our courses all run over six weeks, which allows people to, to integrate the skills into their practice and come back with their questions because we know that you can't learn coaching by watching videos, by reading books, um, you know, by watching things on YouTube and hoping that I tried it, trust me, I tried it all in 2013 um, and you cannot learn coaching um, by watching it. You have to, you have to be in it and you have to be, have the opportunity to say to someone, what am I doing now? I'm stuck or I'm wanting to give advice now. What do I do instead? So a lot of what we do in our training courses is get inside people's heads and say, well, where are you, where were you heading with that line of conversation? And swinging them back around and giving them a technique so they get the same outcome or they realize that the outcome that they wanted to do which was to give them advice was actually not helpful in that moment and there's another strategy that would um so there is the health coaching association of australia and new zealand tech cancer and you can go onto the cancer website and you can look at their approved courses so if you're already a dietitian you only need to do um the equivalency pathway. And so with Siobhan and I, we've designed our courses specifically so that people who are already health professionals like the doctors and the um, and the nurses and the OTs and the um, naturopaths, they can come straight through our courses, just add the coaching skills on, and then they can get accreditation with Hikansa to that professional level to be an accredited health coach. And are there conferences or, you know, like the association, do they run other health coaching conferences that people can go to so we had our first conference last year which was fantastic and we've got another one coming up you don't have to be a member of the association to come there's lots of really amazing inspirational speakers Um, and I think sort of what you touched on earlier was the different places that health coaches can practice so there's some health coaches that work in clinics where there might be an integrative GP or there might be a naturopath or there might be a medical team who say here's your blood tests here's what's wrong with you here's your action plan and then they get passed off onto the health coach who may be a dietitian who would say, okay, these are all the things the doctor wants you to do. Like which one do you want to get started with or how do you feel about this? How do you feel about the diagnosis? You know, like a, a coach with anyone who gets diagnosed with anything significant would be the best because, you know, we know that people don't hear. They get the diagnosis and they don't hear anything else. So to have someone who could help you to process that, um, would be ideal. So 
in the conference, you get to hear from, you know, the different places that health coaching might have a place. And interestingly, my I went to a webinar for one of my children about um, gaming and getting kids off gaming and that all the techniques that they were talking about were health coaching techniques that they use with kids. So there's lots of places you can apply these skills that aren't just to your dietetic practice. Yeah, which which gives dietitians new options and pathways of areas that they may not have thought about that they could practice in um, and it opens up a whole range of opportunities, which I think is the most exciting thing about yeah. giving dietitians other pathways that they can follow rather than the traditional clinical, nothing wrong with that, but there's not enough jobs for, in that area so you know there are a lot of rewarding and some people as you mentioned Sharon couldn't bear to go to hospital back to a hospital environment neither could I but um, enjoyed it at the time but I think you know it's really good to give them opportunities so just is there a credential that you get as a health coach that is recognized so that you know if you wanted to position yourself as having this expertise is there something recognized yeah, so when you when you um, become a member of a cancer at that professional level, you get a badge that says accredited health and wellness coach. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a kind of a look for the logo thing, just like we've got APG. It's yeah. look that accredited health coaching logo. Yeah, and it's okay. Same thing in terms of we um, uh, we do CPD with her cancer as well. Um, it's a it's definitely I'm going to mention this. It's definitely a lower cost DA. <laughs> it's quite an affordable association. Yeah. I think I pay $50 a quarter, um, so it's really not much. Yeah. Um, and then they do other things like in terms of CPD, not just the conference, they have like um, free webinars that we get invitations to, um, you know, there's newsletter, um, there's a real community of us as well, and then you get listed as well on the Hakanza website. Um, so when people are looking for, you know, the gold standard health coach in Australia and New Zealand, they can go straight to the Hakanza website and have a look and say, okay, Siobhan and Sharon are dietitians, but they're also, you know, Hakanza health coaches as well. So I want that gold standard. And, you know, when you were talking about opportunities, this is, you know, Sharon and I do corporate training as well and more and more sort of insurers and public health, um, community health, um, hospitals, you know, um, we are doing training and we are supporting um, their dietitians and other other allied health to get to that standard. So it's kind of one of this watch this space that, uh, you know, over time, like we say, look for an APD, it'll be look for, you know, a Hercancer certified health coach as opposed to, as Sharon said, the green smoothie, just someone calling themselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's how I was interested in that because I, I was wondering whether, for example, in um, general practice in primary care, whether uh, doctors are seeing the bigger role for health coaches. Is that becoming sort of a more familiar profession for them to incorporate into their practice um, than just your standard usual sort of um, practitioners that you have there? Yeah, yeah, early days for primary health care, but it is happening. So they're either upskilling themselves, yeah. um, putting staff through, or there's a few practices now that have dedicated health coaches in their clinics. Uh, but that's sort of, that's kind of really early stages. Um, I think we're seeing it like public health and in, like private health insurers are doing it more so, aren't they? Because mm. uh, we've been training those, those, um, associations up. Um, but yeah, it is definitely, 
I do think it's like it's it's worthwhile for your own practice, I think, because I love being able to promote myself as a dietitian, you know, accredited practicing dietitian and a Hakanza accredited health coach. And I explain that to clients about, you know, the benefits of having someone that's dual qualified. Um, so for my own practice, I love it. Um, and then obviously, you know, in my career, as I said, that, you know, you can get roles in telephone health coaching or roles in community health, um, yes. as, you know, uh, allied health practitioner that's also a health coach or, you know, a management role looking after health coaches. Um, uh, there's what else? Oh, Sharon, you we're working with, um, and you do some training while I was on mat leave as well. There's more sort of online health coaches that they're employing dietitians and other allied health as online health coaches now. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of apps that have come out that are looking for dietitians who are health coaches to facilitate that behavior change, particularly in the areas of nutrition. So there's been a boom in it. There is so many jobs. Um, there's two dietitians I know who work in that sphere and they're, they're constantly like the fast 800 and employs dietitians. It's quite exciting that there's yeah. all new job opportunities. So I guess finally we do need to wrap up, although we probably could keep asking questions, but um, <laughs> that's the joy of just having me here. I could just ask my own questions. But uh, any final points, Sharon, that you would want to make to dietitians out there working or in particular maybe new graduates about health coaching? I think health coaching is one of those essential skills that it's crazy that we don't learn them in the in the way that we need to learn them. So if you are a dietitian or if you are a, a new grad, you know, we can't encourage you anymore to, to learn these skills of health coaching. And it is a specific skill set. It's not just being nice and being empathetic and um, feeling like you're being supportive. It really is a specific set of skills and, and a toolkit. So uh, we would encourage you to go out and learn it. You will not believe the difference it makes to your practice and your and your happiness. We've got a dietitian who said um, at the end of her sessions now, people go, when can I come back? When can I come back? When can you book me in? You know, that's been transformational for her from that, like trying to push people into yes. back in four weeks. That really is the best reward, isn't it? <laughs> um, and Siobhan, any final words? Yeah, I, I, I'd say that as well. It's just, as I said, it's been a game changer for me. It's been like in terms of private practice, it's just made my sessions more fun. It's, it's you have these communication skills. I do discovery calls as well. And coaching has helped with my intake. Like I have a really high, um, uh, what do you call it, um, uptake, that's the word, uptake of clients when they talk to me. And I think a lot of it is because I'm using the coaching skills. What is it that you'd like? What would you like to achieve? This is how, you know, as a coach I can support you. What else, you know, and by using those skills I know from health coaching, someone goes, oh, wow, this sounds perfect. Yes. This, is, this is for me. Yes. Um, so it helps from that regard. And then in terms of my sessions and you know, not having dropouts and people wanting to keep rebooking and that's been really rewarding. But also the energy levels. Like I talked to Sharon and I'm like, oh, I've had such a great day. I've got really high energy. All these clients, you know, they're, they're feeling pumped up, you know. So I've just found it such a rewarding um, health coaching as a practice to incorporate like that approach. Um, and then, yeah, like it just also 
from a personal life point of view, Sharon, like we have people that go through our courses that go, I have a better relation now with my partner and my family because I'm using these communication skills that are around, you know, they're so respectful and about coming on alongside and supporting someone with motivation to change without pushing. So people say I have a better relationship with my kids now. <laughs> so it's it's quite um it's quite interesting. They're kind of like life skills as well yeah. as practitioner yeah. skills. Yeah. <laughs> well that's probably the best advertisement of the lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, thank you both. Siobhan and Sharon, thanks for spending the time with me today. Um, it's been lovely to talk to you both and we'll put the links to all of those resources that you mentioned in our show notes so that you can, anyone listening can go and have a look and see where they might be able to do courses and have a look at the association and, and where the credentialing sits. So thanks so much, both of you, for your time today. Oh, it was great fun, Jane. Thank you. Yeah, absolute pleasure. So, yeah, we'd, we'd, Happy for people to reach out, ask us any questions, drop us an email, um, listen to our podcast. <laughs> so yes, you've got your own podcast. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll put podcast. the link to that. Yeah. Show. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having us, Jane. Paul. <laughs> Thanks. To get all of the links and resources we discussed in this episode, you can go to dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts. And if you'd like to support the Dietitian Connection podcast, please leave a review and a rating on the Apple Podcasts app. Tell us what you thought of this episode, what you learnt, and share your guest requests for us to consider for future episodes. We value hearing from you, and we really appreciate your feedback. So please, please hit that review button.